Good morning. If you will open your Bibles to the epistle of 1 John, chapter 4, we'll be there shortly. You know, we're doing a summer series that we are geared towards fathers and families, and we are finished up about the second week of uh, September with the summer series. But I think it's very important when God calls fathers and families to be more like him. I think it's very important. And I want to help that. I want to be obedient to that myself, but I also want to help that. God has called fathers and families to model and impart his ways, his character, within their households. Now, everyone is included in this. No one is left out. Every member of the household is called. Now, when we impart something, we give someone something from our abundance, our storehouse, our knowledge. We communicate what our knowledge is, our understanding would be. So we impart that to families. That's what, we, that's what I do in my family. So what I want to, and I've always done that, uh, but the problem was sometimes, uh, well, at one particular time, I was not saved. A portion of my life I was not saved. So what I imparted was not necessarily um, good. And some things, were, they, they were okay, but they're still not God. And we want to impart that which is of God to our families because that's the only thing that's going to stand. Would you agree with that? So the series started on Father's Day with God's call to obedience and honor. And then we went from there and we said God has called fathers and families to impart vision. Vision within that household. Uh, sometimes we have, of course, families who are not headed by uh, a man of the household. Uh, so they, they, their wife is... is uh, the head of the household or a single parent or whatever the situation may be, but they are called to impart vision for that household. That's why I said a call to God's uh, call to the families and fathers. We also said that last Sunday God has called us to be a sweet fragrance. Now let's look at 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 20. It says, if someone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, I, I didn't say that. That's what God's word said. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has seen. That's what the word of God says. So it tells me that whatever I do in that household, in my household, whatever I do, with my wife, whatever I do, with my, my daughters, I must realize that I cannot say that I love God and I treat them in a, uh, a contrary way. I treat them in a, in, a, in a poor way. I treat them in a bad way. I can't, I can't do that because that would be uh, hypocritical to say I love God because they know, they know 
how God is. Whether they serve God or whether they don't, they know how God is. So I must be towards others the same way I am, I say I am to God. It should not be just lip service. So what I want to do is always think that, you know, if I'm supposed to love God, I'm supposed to love you. If I'm supposed to love God, I'm supposed to love my coworkers. If I'm supposed to love God, I'm supposed to love the person in the uh, marketplace. If I'm supposed to love God, I'm supposed to love anybody that I meet. Do there have to be someone who agrees with me? Does it have to be someone who uh, is nice to me? No, because God's love is not based on what you do to him. God's love is based on his character. He decided to love us, and so therefore the word says that we love him because he first loved us. That's what the word of God says. He loved us when when we were unlovable. He loved us when we hated him. He loved us uh, when we didn't even exist because he died on the cross for us over 2,000 years ago for our sins. You can't find people to die for your sins. And somebody might, it says, die for a, 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 you know, a righteous man. Maybe they might die for a righteous man. But who's going to die for a criminal? Who's going to die for somebody who's stealing from them? Who's going to die for somebody who's, you know, uh, talking about them. Who's going to die for that person? Well, God would, and he did, you see. So therefore, we should. That's what we have to do in our families. That's what we have to impart to our families, that type of vision. The question is, that I gave last week, do you remember the question? It was a great question. Uh, What type of spirit are you all of? You remember that? Um, what kind of spirit are you all of? Because I said that we must be a sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ to God. So therefore, what kind of spirit am I of in my household? That's what we talked about last week. Uh, we didn't record it. Uh, it didn't get recorded. Uh, but I will probably at some point in time uh, do it over again uh, in just a sanctuary by myself with the with the, uh, sound person uh, to make sure it gets out because uh, that was a good message. <laughs> I'm serious. That was a good message, you know. I needed that message. I needed that message. And I said, well, that, that message, you know what, that message, I, I think what I'm going to do with that message, I'm going to make sure everybody gets that message because that was a good one because, you know, uh, during the week, uh, you always get tested. During the week, uh, sometimes once you teach a message, what happens is that now you get an opportunity to walk it out, you know, or not walk it out. And so that thought came to me as I was discussing uh, something uh, with Minerva, um, and I, I had to come, okay, uh, what type of spirit are you So make sure that what you say, make sure is representing that sweet fragrance that's inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, that's the Holy Spirit bringing to your remembrance what 
Jesus has said to us. So I said, you know, I want, I want that always to be in, in the forefront of my mind. What type of spirit am I of? So you can't get the message if you weren't here. Um, and there's a, a lot of people who are on vacation in and out, you know. Um, and so you might say, well, where is such and such? Where they, they're at the beach, you know. Where is such and such? Where they are, you know, on vacation. And we'll go on vacation at some point in time this month also. Uh, so it's one of those times of year that everywhere people are vacationing, and that's okay. Uh, it's good to make sure you're praying for people and realizing that people are on vacation. You might not know who they are, but they are traveling and they are on a vacation uh, because they might have problems with their vehicle. So we pray, you know, uh, travel to mercy for them. We pray, pray they have no mechanical difficulties and all those type of things. They get back safely. Uh, so uh, you want to be praying that over the body of Christ because the word of God says that we should pray for all men. Is that correct? Today, we want to talk about God's call to fathers and families to connect, to connect, connect to the body of Christ. God wants us to be connected. Our vision here at Cornerstone is to be, be connected to God, to the body, to a ministry, and to the world. That's our vision. Be connected to God first. In a, in a sequential order, to the body, to a ministry, and to the world. And so when we gave that vision, when we changed our vision uh, to represent more, of some, more simple than what it was, we wanted to include everything, and everything is included in that vision. And so when we say connected to God, we look at connected to God as being uh, a part of the body in the sanctuary on uh, the day that we meet, which is Sunday, uh, in praise and worship, in the presence of God, because Jesus Christ says that I will praise him in the midst of the congregation. So we, we want to know and realize that we want to join in with Jesus in praising God, the Father. Also, we said in a vision when we say be connected to the body, we want everyone to be in a life group. That's how we determine whether you are connected to a body. All this is measurable uh, because we want to uh, have people accountable and also to measure how are we doing as a body in fulfilling the vision of God. How are we doing with coming to the sanctuary to be in the presence of the Father be in the presence of the, you know, the Holy Spirit, be in the presence of, of Jesus Christ, be in the presence of the whole body of Christ here that meets at Cornerstone, how faithful are we to do that? Because we know that, that you can be connected to God in other ways. We've got sense enough to know that. Uh, but it's a, it's a special connection when the body gets together. Jesus Christ, he, when he walked the earth, he went to the synagogue because he was uh, walking out the, the Old Testament in a, in a way. And he, he says his manner was to be in the, in, 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 uh, in the sanctuary, in the sanctuary on the Sabbath day. That's, what it, that's where he was. He was in the, in the synagogue. That's where he was. Paul was the same thing. On the Sabbath day, that's where he was. So that's what we want to be about doing 
being what we're supposed to do. When I came into Christianity, that's what I wanted to do because somebody told me, hey, it's in the Word. I looked up the Word and said, oh, my goodness gracious. If this is what God has called us to do, not forsake the similar ourselves together, then that's what I need to do. And <clears throat> some people told me, said, well, you can just assemble together with your family. And, you know, each of you are the body of Christ, too. You have your, your church right there. And that's good, but that's not the spirit of what he meant. And we know that. Uh, because from uh, all the New Testament, we know that he's called for the church to be in a, in a certain order. So in a church, he's, he's told even Timothy, he said, well, you know, I left you there to uh, set in place all those things that were lacking, so I want you to ordain elders in every place, in every church. So we know that if you are in a, and if I just do it at home and say, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our house thing, you know. Well, we know we're not in the biblical order, you know. We know we want to be with the body of Christ where there's order, biblical order, because we, we go by our New Testament standards of the church. That's what we try to do as, as best as we possibly can. And we realize that the New Testament, they met in houses. We know that. We know they met in the synagogue. We know that. Uh, but today is time that oh, we have too many people to meet in the house, you know. And if we were, have, have, have some catastrophe to happen, we can meet in houses because we have life groups. And when we do that, then we still know that we're going to have order because we're going to have everybody under the still the authority and the covering of the elders of the church. We know we're going to still do that. So there's no excuse for me. So I had a vision in our household. Suppose me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. That was our vision for the household you know, uh, for a long time. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look there. That was a scripture that I gave you. You remember um, last week? For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. I wanted to read you uh, a little something from one of our members that were, that, that I guess, I guess they went to a yard sale or something. I don't know where they went. They went somewhere like that. And if you go to a yard sale, are you supposed to be a sweet fragrance? You're supposed to be a sweet fragrance. You know, if somebody's selling something for a dollar, you know, try not to talk them down to 25 cents, you know. Uh, and then, and then and get, then give them a track, you know. <laughs> that doesn't work, you know. That just doesn't work, you know. It's better that you, you know, uh, give them, they ask for this, just a dollar for that. You know, give them a couple of dollars and, and give them a one-hour little cause and say, you know, it's just a this revolutionary love, you know, that's all. This person said, I recently attended Cornerstone on the, on the day of the grand opening of the new building. I want to make mention of one of your members, Ed, for his boldness in sharing his faith. He came to my yard sale and talked to me and my friend for a while. He asked us while we, uh, if we had a church home and invited us to Cornerstone. He already gave me some good impressions of your church. Now, that's good, isn't it? You know, good impressions. Then where did they get the impressions from? It's just a sweet fragrance. It's all that sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ. Um, that the body is truly reaching out, you know. And I want to thank uh, Ed, whichever Ed that was. I went the next day and was so impressed by the friendliness and community at Cornerstone, the diversity 
is beautiful and intriguing. I felt like it was a glimpse of what heaven would be like when every tribe, nation, and tongue with the beautiful rainbow of colors, you know, this is so good, would be pleasing and praising God. So I'll be traveling this weekend, but I'm anxious to return. Uh, so um, we need to be a sweet fragrance everywhere we go because you don't know who you're going to talk to, and you should talk to somebody wherever you go. You really should. Now, let's talk a little bit about this, this vision we have of life groups, ministering, serving. Let's talk a little bit about that because I believe that uh, that is very key. It's one of, the, one of the important things that Jesus Christ said to us in Matthew 28. Is that, uh, is that correct? Let's look at Matthew 28. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, uh, verse 18. And if you don't, it'll be on the screen. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, he did not say make converts. You see, there's a difference between a convert and a disciple. A convert is a, is a person who um, went through the sinner's prayer, you led them to Christ. A di disciple is someone who has been trained to go out and do what you did to them. That's what a disciple is. Of all nations, not just some nations, all nations. You know? And it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Teaching them. So we're supposed to be teaching to observe all that I commanded you, and Lord, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. So we know that we're supposed to be, we know that we're supposed to be reaching out. We're supposed to be making disciples. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, if, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to have to uh, be available. You can't be discipled if you're not available. So you have to make yourself available. So I'm encouraging you today to start already thinking that I need to make myself available to be discipled. That's one of the key things that we do at this particular church. Okay? We, don't, we don't do a lot of things well, but that's one thing we do well. I mean, we do that well. Okay? We're trying to get better at it, but we do it well. That's one of the things that uh, every elder, that's what they, their hard desire was even before uh, they became an elder. Before I became an elder, that was my hard desire, is to teach people. A teacher, and that's what I did. And so I'm going to do that regardless until God takes me home. That's what I'm going to be doing, teaching. Whether I'm teaching here, whether I'm teaching in my home, whether I'm teaching some, I'm going to teach somebody something, you know, uh, about the Word of God because that's what He's put in me to do. And I know that Elder Sam is doing the same thing, and I know that Elder John is doing the same thing. That's what they do, that's what they like, to work with people. Now, you have to be available. I can't disciple someone if they're not uh, desires to be discipled. So my job is to try to help you understand that you need to make yourself available to be discipled because he said that, that all of us should be making disciples. How can you disciple someone when you haven't been discipled? How can you disciple someone if 
you don't know how to disciple someone. So we're supposed to teach you all those things. And as we get into this word in Ephesians, let's look there. Chapter 4. Let's start in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above the heavens so that he might feel all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Now, what is my responsibility as a pastor? What are our responsibilities as elders? Verse 12. For, he gave pastors and teachers, for the equipping or the completion or it's a, uh, it's, it's really not a, a, a process that's ongoing it's like, it's like furnishing. If you had a, a room that needs furnishing, that's what we would do, help you to furnish that room to bring it to completion. Well, God has called you to do certain things. Each one of you, each one of you, you have a ministry. Each one has a ministry. Each one. If you don't have a ministry, um, then you need to be taught that you do have one and we need to help you find what that ministry is. A ministry is just service. That's all ministry is. Service. It's serving. That's all it is. Serving. What has God called you to do to serve him in his body? We're all part of the, we're all a part of the body of Christ. What has he called you to do to serve him as a part of the body of Christ? Is it to start churches? Is it to teach? Is it to um, show mercy? Is it to, um, you know, give? What is it that's your ministry that God has placed in your heart? We have a uh, little booklet that can help you with that because it helps people find their gifts by asking a uh, lot of questions that is geared to point you to the direction that, that is in your heart. We call those like, uh, some people call them motivation gifts. Some people call them, you know, uh, uh, other type of gifts. But they are gifts that just in you. They, they're just in you. And it's not in you just because you, you, you decide this is what you want to be. They're in you because God put it in you. And this, this, you know, I, I like to help people. I like to encourage people. I like to teach people, you know. Um, I like to help them move from A to Z. That's what I like to do. And so I'm not a happy camper if I'm not doing that, you know. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can clean bathrooms, which I've done, I, and I still do. I can um, 
vacuum floors. I can do a lot of different things, you know. Um, but I get my greatest joy out of helping somebody move from where they are to more where God wants them to be. That's where I get my greatest joy. And when I can't help anybody, I can clean all day, every day, uh, but I'm, I'm not fulfilled because God has placed in me a gift. What is it in you that if it's not fulfilled, you're not a happy camper? You're just not a happy camper. It's just something in you that, that has to come out. Yeah? And what we try to do is provide uh, avenues and environment for that to come out. There are many places that, that, that uh, uh, we try to do that in. Uh, one thing is that, that you know that there's not a lot of teaching can be done from this pulpit every Sunday. If, if we had a different person every Sunday of uh, teaching you, it would not be as effective as it would be uh, because it wouldn't be that consistency, you know. But you've got to make place for, for it because there are plenty of people who have that desire and have that gift. So how do we make room for it? So what we do is uh, trying to find and ask God, God, we need, we need some other places that people can teach, you know, other, other avenues. And so uh, he gave us uh, years ago over at the Jefferson House uh, a man who was over that uh, ministry. He asked me to come teach one Sunday among the other teachers that he brings from, uh, from, from, I think it was Liberty and other places. He'll bring other pastors in to teach, you know. And so I came over once and I taught, and it was very enjoyable. I, I enjoy the super saints, you know. Uh, they, they are, I call them super saints, you know. Uh, they're, they're older, in other words. So I don't call them older saints. I call them super saints, you know. And so uh, they, they are so precious, you know, they are so precious. So I enjoyed it, but... Uh, and he wanted me to come again, so I said, well, look, what I'm going to do, I'm going to assign somebody to come for you, you know? And so that's what we started doing, assigning people to come to do it. And, and he moved on to, I think he moved to the um, Westminster Canterbury because he was getting older, and, and somebody else took over. But we have the opportunity to teach uh, one Sunday a month. And so that's what we have a group doing. They go over one Sunday a month, and we bring the worship to them. So we have uh, one of our, uh, our worship team our leaders. Uh, he goes over, he leads worship. He, uh, we have uh, somebody bring the message, and we feed them, you know, food, yeah? Uh, so we take care of them. And so that, that's, that's opportunities to serve. Uh, you say, well, you know, I, I have a desire to do a nursing home ministry. Well, that's fine. Uh, we used to do that, too. Uh, and we stopped doing that because we were wearing out the few people that we had uh, doing that, and they started doing other things also. But if you have a desire to be, um, uh, I guess, encouraging super saints in a nursing home, just let one of the elders know. Because what we would do is provide that opportunity for you. Because they're, they're, we have a lot of nursing homes in Lynchburg, and they are eager to have somebody come to minister there, to serve there, to encourage the saints, to read to them, to do different things. Uh, if you want to feed the poor, we, we've had a food pantry before. Uh, whatever you want to do, you need to let it be known 
but you also need to be willing to do it. Okay? Don't come to me or one of the elders say, I think y'all should have that. That's the wrong word. <laughs> That's the wrong word. You know, y'all, you know, uh, you, you know. No, don't put me in it because, because my job, my job is to equip. My job is to bring to perfection. My job is to furnish your ministry. That's what it's supposed to be. And uh, people get that mixed up. They think that my job is to do the ministry. My job is not to do the ministry. My job is to teach you to do the ministry, to equip you to do the ministry. And if I'm doing the ministry, I really am not doing you any good, and I'm not really doing uh, what the Bible says, so I'm in, I'll be in sin. Okay? You don't want me in sin, do you? Okay? So when you say, well, uh, I think you need to be a visitor in the hospital. Well, the only problem with that is that there's nothing wrong with my car, there's nothing wrong with my feet, there's nothing wrong with uh, me getting on the elevator. I don't get cost of 40, is it cost of 40 or something like that? I don't get that in an elevator. And uh, so I don't, it's no problem me going. But the problem is that, why aren't you going? You know? So I try to get people, hey, do you have a desire to, to uh, pray for people in the nursing home, visit people in the nursing home, visit people in the hospital like that? Then you do it. We'll provide opportunity for you to do it. You know? And that's what you have to do. Uh, I don't know why people call me and, and ask me to do things. You, know? uh, you can encourage. You can disciple. You can minister to people. Please don't call me and tell me, why don't you go minister to this person over here? Why should I? Tell, ask me, why should I do that in sin? Right? If, if, if God showed you the need, guess what he wants you to do? Feel it. That's right. That's what he wants you to do. Okay? If you say, well, you know what? Uh, these walls need washing out. You know, because, you know, they said, hey, you, do you notice some red stuff in, in the floor over there? Yeah, we know some red stuff in the floor over there. You know? why, why haven't you ever got it up? Why don't you get it up? You know? Really? I mean, there's some real stuff in the, in the floor. Yeah. So we, we waited for about three weeks, you know. I don't think anybody has the getting up red markers ministry <laughs> yet, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll try to get it up, but yeah, I think you get the picture, what I'm talking about. You're going to have to do it, you know. You're going to have to do it. You know, I sent a survey around for, for our grand uh, opening and said, do you have any any suggestions, anything like that. And people have so many great suggestions, you know. It's good, you know. And, and what I'm going to do now is write them back and say, okay, you do this. You do this. I told a, a, a young man uh, the other day, he said, well, you know, uh, the mayor wasn't here, you know, and uh, all the dignitaries of the city weren't here. Did you invite him? I said, no. Why didn't you invite him? Because I think they should have invited him. I said, okay, now, uh, this is the second time you told me that. The first time I told you, you do it. This time, I'm going to tell you again, you do it, because we have our 13th church's anniversary coming up the third week of September, okay? It's a two-week celebration of our 13th anniversary of this ministration, this church. And, and what we're going to do is have a grand thing 
But guess what you're going to do? You are responsible for getting the dignitaries, the mayor, and if it's not done, it's on you. Okay? And they said, well, thank you for giving me the, the opportunity to serve. I said, you're quite welcome. Yeah? Yeah? Okay? So, therefore, now, is this scripture or is it not? Am I supposed to equip you and give you opportunities? Or am I supposed to do it and say, hey, you are laity. You are just a congregation. The elders, we are the anointed ones. You know? So if somebody gets sick, call us so we can come lay our hands on them and God will raise them up. You know? Don't you pray for anybody because you don't have any anointing. You know? That sounds stupid, doesn't it? Okay? It is. Okay? Because it's, not, it's against God's word. That's against God's word. So what we want you to do is realize that you are anointed. Because the scripture tells me the unction, that's the anointing. That's the definition of anointing is unction. You have that unction inside of you. You have the anointing inside of you. The great anointed one is inside of you. You see? The Holy Spirit is there. When you get born again, he's there. And he just wants to move and flow through you. Okay? And if, you, if anybody gets healed because you pray for them, it's because of the Holy Spirit. It's not because of you. It's not going to be because of me. Yeah. Okay? So we are a team. I do so many things poorly, but I do some things well. You do a lot of things poor, okay? But you do a lot of things well. Now, if we team all these things together that we do well, we're going to be tough, yeah. right? We're going to be tough. And isn't that what teamwork is about? Yeah. How many, how many of you want six, five, 385 pounds, uh, you know, you got a football team, and he said, I want to play quarterback, you know? And, and here's, the, here's the one who can throw, who can run, and... You put him on the line so this big dude can play quarterback. You're going to lose games only because you got people in wrong positions. Okay? So you got to put people in the right positions because they are good at certain things. You are great at certain things. I mean great at certain things. And together, we make up such a great team. I mean, it's a, it's a wholesome team. It's a God team. And it tells you all that in 1 Corinthians. It really does. It lays it all out to us that, that, that you know, uh, that I can't say to the, this, that there's no need of me. Everybody works together. You cannot do very well if you get shot in the leg, get shot in the arm, get shot, you know, in the toe. You know, you're going to be an unhappy camper, you know, for a while until you get well. Your legs won't work. You know, you, you, you're not going to work. But I guarantee you, as long as you have a healthy body, you move, you flow, and you do everything, you know, well. Okay? God means for us to, to be able to work together to form his body, which is whole, wholeness. Okay? So therefore, I have to, and the elders have to, encourage you to do what you're supposed to do, according to the word of God. Okay? Now, cornerstone here. We're going to use the word for our small groups, life groups, life groups. 
We said that's going to be the, 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 the way we're going to connect to the body. Now, our life group is going to start September the 12th, which is the, the, the Sunday after Labor Day. We wanted to start earlier than that. We had all intention to start early, uh, earlier than that, except we found out that this, is, this might not be just the best time because people are going on vacations, and, and so the ones who lead, they're gone sometime, they're, all, they're here sometime, and, and you're gone sometime, you're here sometime. And we said, well, look, uh, let's go back to where we, like we used to do it anyway, which was to start all the groups uh, the, in September after Labor Day. After Labor Day, school's in session usually. Everybody settled down from vacation, and now we're ready to go. Uh, let's start it then. Okay, so we will have uh, our children's activities for uh, every age group. That means that we'll have a program for them. We have uh, rangers and row rangers, and we have uh, American Heritage girls for the children. We have nursery going on. This is all this is from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning, 9 to 10. Okay, not, not 9.15 to 10.15, 9 to 10. That'll be our life group time. And that'll be one part of life group time. We have other life groups that'll be during the week. Uh, we have two life groups, groups right now that'll meet on Sunday morning. And what we decided to do to have some life groups on Sunday morning, because some people uh, work shifts and, and they have, they're, they're busy doing so many things that they, can't, uh, they don't have another night that's available. You see? So they said, if I can do everything on Sunday morning, I could get it done. I can be a part. So therefore, we said, well, let's have some life groups on Sunday morning. So we have two life groups out of the, I think we'll have five. Two life groups out of the, out of the five will be on Sunday mornings. And we encourage you to come. That'll be a great time for, uh, for families with, with children because we're going to have something for the children. See, because some of the life groups, there's nothing for the children, you know? Okay. And if you will have something for all ages also. So this is going to start the second week of September, right after Labor Day, the second Sunday. And so start gearing your schedule up, start gearing your mind up that we, you want to be in a life group. Now, we've always had, we used to call them home groups, now we call them life groups. Uh, we are calling them life groups because that's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we, 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 want to, uh, we want to just create things that's going to produce life in you, your, your life, your family's life. You know, and in life everywhere you go, and that's going to be our discipling tool. You're not going to get discipled uh, by just listening to me because you can't ask questions. You can't interact. And that's what we want, interaction, because a lot of times you learn by doing. And so the smaller groups, which are the life groups, we will have Sunday morning from 9 to 10 and also during the week. One will meet Sunday evening. Uh, and another one will meet a different time. Uh, so you pick the one that, that you can that fits your schedule best. But we want everybody in a life group. Why do we want everybody in a life group? Because we are discipling you to, to disciple others. That's what we're doing. Okay? And uh, I will have, my wife and I will have one, and I will have, I will have a, a group that meets, uh, we meet, Twice or usually once a month, we, I have a 501 group. I have a, a round table a group, but our 501 group, we're teaching uh, the things. So that's, that's, that's a live group. So we're trying to do everything we can to increase uh, your knowledge, increase your uh, ministry towards God. 
Because when I stand before God, he's going to ask me, did I do what he's asked me to do? Not what I want to do, what he asked me to do. When you stand before God, he's going to ask you, did you do what he asked you to do? Not what you wanted to do, but what he asked you to do. And that's our job to try to work together to get it done. I'm excited about our, where we're going and our, our, our life groups and all those, those things. I'm, I'm very excited about them because I feel like they are, uh, even though we've had small groups before, we are emphasizing some different things. Every life group is going to have um, what we call SOLs. Uh, SOLs are, are standards of learning in the school system, uh, whether they used to have them in, when, I was in, when I was teaching, they had SOLs. Uh, we have certain uh, standards of learning that every group would do. And those standards of lear learning won't take the whole time. It'll take just a portion of the time. And each, each life group is going to have a certain flavor. They're not going to all do the same things. They have, they have a certain flavor. Everybody will have the same SOLs, but, um, but everybody's going to have a, to be doing something different. And so you need to, you need to uh, find out what those groups are going to be doing. And the way you find out is stay tuned on Sunday mornings. We have a video presentation of some of the, uh, the ones who look good on the videotape. <laughs> so that's going to include, uh, exclude somebody, you know. And, uh, and we, we have some people stand up and we have the, the rangers, uh, some of the commanders come and talk to you. We have some of the American Heritage uh, leaders talk to you about what they're offering, offering to your, your children because they are a life group also. Uh, we want everybody in a life group. We have the youth uh, uh, team there, stand up there, talk to you about what they're trying to do with the youth and things like that. We want to do something for everybody. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about what uh, potential we have as a team. And they tell me teamwork is the most important thing in a church. You know? I know it's the most important thing on a team. You know? Even if you have all the talent, I mean, you can have all the talent, all the talent. And, and if they don't work together as a team, you're going to lose more than you should win. Okay? But you can have people who are not as talented as somebody else, but they work together as a team. I mean, they just cooperate with each other. I mean, everyone does their job. Then uh, you can win games when you're not supposed to win. When talent-wise, say you're not supposed to win, but you win anyway, you know, because you work together as a team. It's hard to get sometimes uh, volunteer organizations to work together as a team. Uh, but uh, I don't think we are that way as a church. I think that that we, we work together as a team because we serve Jesus Christ, you know. And Jesus Christ, the leader, he's the head of the body. I think that he's so precious, he's so nice, he's, he, he's, he's so awesome that we want to serve him. We want to do what he, he, he's asked us to do. Let's stand. So the call to fathers and families. Today, we talked about being connected. Be connected to the body. Be connected to a ministry. We talked about both of those today. That's what we want you to do. We also talked about the first one, be connected to God. When you're in town, be here. You know? Let God know how much you appreciate uh, the six days he gave you. you know? okay? And we also touched upon being connected to the world, like Ed did. Um, you know, he reached out to people. People need reaching out to. There's a lot of things going on in the world today, a lot of hurting people, and they just want somebody.
that know how to lead them into a better way. Okay? And that should be you. Next week we'll tell you um, another call that God has. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So if you come, bring somebody. And I'm sure that they'll be blessed.